0: OK, so here's part two, because uh, the fucking phone, the thing cut off when I went to go look for the, the song that I was looking for on my Spotify. All right. So Limp Biscuit. No, I keep saying that shit. It's not Limp Biscuit. Linkin Park. <laughs> Linkin Park. Everybody knows who Linkin Park is. Linkin Park was actually the park is in Baltimore, which we all learned later on from Serial. Um, but Linkin Park had a had a, um, a whole ass album that they did with Jay-Z. I got that album. Because, you know, I could, I, could, I could slide it into my household because it's Linkin Park, right? Like, it's like white music was safe. <laughs> safe to, like, my family. Um, because the lyrics weren't as harsh and as, um, I guess, triggering. I don't know. So that album, I had the Linkin Park CD with, with Jay-Z. And I listened to that shit so much, bro. But then I was dating this asshole and he came to my house and stole the shit. I'll never forget that. Anyway, so somebody this man, this boy does I was dating stole my goddamn Linkin Park Jay-Z CD, which I was so sad. Um, because I was like, oh, that's my, like, I finally got a Jay-Z CD. I wasn't allowed to listen to Jay-Z. I wasn't allowed to do shit. Like, I don't know his early shit. I don't know any of y'all hip-hop, ooh, 111, any of y'all hip-hop people's early, early shit. Like, Method Man, No, I don't know. Red Man, don't know the music. The Wu-Tang Clan, don't. Like, when I got to Baltimore, Oregon, everybody had these Wu-Tang fucking... Um, Everybody was tattooing themselves in Wu-Tang. I didn't know that. I had to say, like, I I don't know Wu-Tang music. And I went through all of Oregon just being, like, telling people that. And they'd be like, you don't know Wu-Tang? Like, you're black. You're black and you don't know Wu-Tang? Bitch, I'm I'm so much more than just black. <laughs> black. <laughs> like. But um, that's how I started getting to see how even white people would use music to bully me. Bro, this is a whole last thing on bullying and music. But anyway, and culture. But yeah, so... I started to understand you know that there was a whole by the time i got to high school that there was a whole plethora of music that my counterparts people that i was going to school with counterparts people that i was going to school my peers they all knew this music and it was and they i was supposed to know this music by this age if i knew the current music but none of them in oregon knew my life in baltimore like they didn't they did at all two 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 like so yeah it's like two different lives two different whole lives like then just never touched um so they just couldn't understand why I didn't know certain things so I would just not let them know I didn't know so I would just you know I would just listen to music constantly and learn it like by this point we had cable because I also oh, that was the other piece I didn't have cable growing up so I re- like I said I relied strictly on my grandmother's house to get all of my music that was secular um yeah, but again, that was I only was able to get certain amounts of that secular music because I wasn't the one controlling the TV. It was my older cousin's controlling the TV. You know, BET, when BET finally came out, then I was, you know, watching BET. Um, But, like, I didn't... Like, I only got to see the amount of stuff that I was... And then when I was there, and then when I went home, it was just absolutely none. I happened to learn music through television shows, too. Like Like, you know, watching black television shows, if they sang a song on it or whatever, then I would know it. Or if, like, the artist... You know a famous artist like Cooley or whatever came on a show like living single then I would like kind of know you know who what artists were by based on like the reaction um three 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 of the um actors when that artist came on the screen like they would build it into the show you know how you invite a a, a major artist onto a TV show like like I just saw a TikTok the other day. Snoop went on to st- st- Steve Harvey's um like back when Steve Harvey had like a an actual sitcom. Snoop was on there. Didn't know no Snoop, Snoop songs. I didn't learn Snoop music till I got to Oregon. Till I got to Oregon, Doggy Style. If there was no fucking way I was going to own a Doggy Style CD with my, with my parents, like that that was just not going to happen. But Snoop was demonized. All these artists were so demonized that I was even afraid to listen to their music until i was much older um so but, but that by that point I, you know ludicrous is what's out fabulous is what's out changi you know this is the this is the early 2000s you know no more 90s but the, the, this music had completely shifted by this point and a lot of the 90s artists weren't getting as much airplay because you had all these new artists you know Ying yang twins um just you know all these all these newer artists in 2000s nelly so um and i also by that point had we had cable um we had good cable too, like all them thousands of channels so like there was the there were these channels that would just play strictly that would 24 7 play music videos so there was an mtv music video channel there was hip-hop there was you know r&b there was soul so i would just play those music those channels like on a saturday or whenever i came home from school i would just put that on and that's how i learned that's how i learned music um not just music, but it's how I learned dancing. It's how I learned to dance. I was not taught how to dance, if I like uh, urban or anything like that. Because, like I said, I grew up Mad Caribbean, so I'm watching people dance, whining and all that Caribbean style, but only at uh, only at Caribbean functions, which they don't listen to at all. They don't at all listen to American music at these functions. Like my Caribbean family is strictly ass Caribbean, so yeah, I would see them like grinding and whining at these like at these like family events carnival and shit like that but then when i would go to the american side that exact dancing was demonized and evil and girls dancing around in their bikinis and and grinding and whining at like pool parties on music videos was demonized so it was split it was like it was like i had all these aunties that were like really really um you know like in their expressions of their of their of themselves and their sensualities and stuff they would they were very open about like because caribbean culture is just different it's you know you dance in, it don't mean anything more than just like dancing and whining and whatever and everybody just kind of jumps up on each other it was a very interesting thing as a child to like witness that when it was demon when that exact behavior was being demonized on the other half when i would go to Ameri- american things black American things we couldn't dance they don't just be dancing and grinding and whining on people on each other like that at black events because that's black church essentially so see how like in the subcultures are so incredible um I was I wanted to be an ethnographer at one point in my life anyway so so that's like how I really got to like learn how to dance um to hip hop music was just through when I got to Oregon standing in the living room with the big ass tv and just for hours watching you know Janet Jackson when she her new music video cuz I didn't I didn't know any Janet Jackson music I didn't know any Erica Badu music I didn't know anything pre like yeah I didn't know their music before I got to Oregon Yeah if they weren't being played on one, 102.7 or like the quote safe white stations um I just didn't know it it's just like it was like it was a blank spot um so I so I know Janet Jackson's music only from 2000s and up like I genuinely don't know seems to go and you don't know what you got until it's gone that i learned in college because my ex-husband was so obsessed with janet jackson and he was like how you not know no janet so he would force me to listen to all this stuff i didn't know any d'angelo any d'angelo until i got to college my ex-husband is the one who introduced d'angelo to me except no i do how does it feel when I was 10, that came out, and I remember going to my friend's house from school, and her mom, she had a single mom. Her, like I said, other people's parents were not like my parents. I had very strangely strict parents when it came to music. So I would go to her house, and I remember we was at her house, and that music video came on. It was just me and her, her at the house at the time. And she was like, this is what me and my mom do whenever this come on. <laughs> and she she started jumping up and down hard on the floor, bro. And I was like, what are you doing? And she said, because the, the, <laughs> the, camera, the camera on D'Angelo... On, you know, how does it feel? He's a, a goddess, Adonis body that he is. She said they would stand in the living room, her and her mom, and they would start jumping up and down on the floor. And she was like to try and make the camera jiggle down, <laughs> down past where they keep cutting it off so they can see his privates. Bro, like when she showed me that, we started jumping up. And I was like, I didn't understand. I was like, this doesn't make sense, obviously, because like it's not going to move. But like it was fun, you know, that always stuck with me. But that's all, that's literally the only time I got to like see that music video was that time, that one time when I was 10. I didn't see, hear D'Angelo's music till I got to organ again. And then by that point, you know, like, I don't care about D'Angelo's music because I don't know him yet. When I got to college, though, so I'm 18 and I get to college, my ex-boyfriend or ex-husband, he introduced D'Angelo, all the neo-soul. I didn't know any neo-soul before that. He introduced the whole genre of neo-soul to me. So, Neo Soul, I have like really imprinted in my mind around my freshman year of college, which was my favorite year of college. bro. It's the freest year of college I had before I, oh, before you start getting abused by the boy you're dating. So like I was really, everybody from my freshman year, like when I think about them, when I think about that whole time, it's imprinted with Neo Soul. <laughs> um, yeah, so I absolutely love the Brown Sugar album now. Like I know the whole shit by heart now and the Voodoo album. I know He's one of my favorite artists now, D'Angelo. I fucking love D'Angelo. But um, my childhood had no D'Angelo in it. So, um, yeah, so I would learn. I would watch these music videos, and I would learn how to dance. You know, dance Maya, dance... The, you know, um, there's still dances that I still... Like that Maya's um, dance in, my love is like, well, God, that's one to this day I still... I'm going to learn it. I've, I used to stand in my my living room and try to learn that goddamn thing. I couldn't do it. It just... But I would learn dances by heart, like I would learn in sync. I knew all the in sync dances, and I would not just know them ten ten. I like was do, I would perform them to other people, and they'd be like, "Oh shit, how the fuck you can do it exactly like them?" And I didn't know where that was coming from, but like I started learning how to. I was so, got so obsessed with the music videos and the dancing because dancing really became bigger back then. The, when, you know, the like the choreography of the whole shit. Um, I started really focusing on any any music videos that had dancing in it, and that led me to becoming one of the best hip hop dancers like at all in around in that whole town that I was in. Um, and then I would you know, go to the club. They had these like underage clubs, dance clubs for 18 and under, or under 18. No, yeah, I think you had to be 18. No, cause I was going to before 18, so 16 and over. Yeah, you had to be 16 to go to some of these like dance clubs that they had in Portland. And in those clubs, they would play all the hip hop music. So you go to the club, you meet people, and then I would go home and be like, all right, these are the songs I wanna learn. And I started learning all these dances so that when I would go to the club, I'm the, I'm the kid that's just busting out the dances. To the point where the club owners started letting me in for free because I was there. Like I would be there, I would be there every single weekend from 11-11. Every single weekend I would go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I would go in a gang. I would go. I would meet people. We would all roll up to the club, and what was this place? What was this club called? I don't remember. What it was called Platinum. No, what was the club in Portland? There was this like under. Anyway, there were it was big where the lines would be around the, wrapped around the, um, the building and shit because it's all the high schoolers from all over are going on Friday night or Thursday night or Saturday night to this club. And so that's how I got to, like, meet other kids from other schools and stuff. Because I was way out – my parents had us way out in the suburbs in, like, what they would call the white suburbs, which is Clackamas, Oregon, where all the black people were being segregated to um, Portland, Oregon, Northeast Portland, Oregon. When we got there, people were telling us, like, don't go to Northeast Portland, Oregon. And we'd be like, why? And they, we find out later it's because all the black people are fucking racist people. Anyway, so so I would go to the club. Learn the songs, see what songs is big, and then I would go home and then learn dances and then come back to the club and then be the one that could dance the best. And so, like I said, I was, like, rising in my social status as a teenager by multiple people at different schools that, like, knew who I was just from me being at the club all the time. Um, My parents did let me go that, but I had to – I was only allowed to go to this club. I had this one white friend, this guy – oh, Logan, this guy, he he could dance like y'all. This man could dance so good. And he taught me how to, like, dance – like with another person so we were like dance partners you know like i mean but like not in a sex. you know how like dancing like when you um when you like you know how hip-hop dancing is right um a guy and a girl grinding or whatever but it's not like actually like it looks sexual if you don't understand the culture of that dance. So he and I became like dance partners because he was already a regular at this club. So he would t- take me to this club. Like my dad would allow him to take me because he was this like harmless skinny white kid that would come to my house and pick me up and whatever. Because we were ne- we were just friends. Um, but I would go to this club and he and I became like this pair that would like show up and like the bouncers would know us and we'd come in. We'd get to jump the line. It was am- like I had that whole experience as a, as a teenager. It was so cool. Anyway, that's my how I started learning the other hip hop music that I was being kept from in Baltimore. But like I said, by the time I got to college, a lot of the earlier stuff from the '90s I had no concept really of. So um, it took me a long time to like learn these uh, the biggest artists' biggest songs. For instance, like I, I, when I was um, okay, when I was sixteen or seventeen. The, the radio station in in Portland had this big concert, and what what the fuck was that station called? I forget. Ninety five point five, yeah, ninety five point five. They had this. I think it was ninety five point five. They had a big. Um, they would throw these events at, at the big. They would throw concerts at big events. So like, um, Portland every year has the Rose Festival. They have single day Maya was big. We didn't I didn't know anything about Single Day Mayo, I'd never heard of it before I got to Oregon. And people were like, How you not know what single day mayo is? Well if you don't grow up with Mexicans, then how the fuck are you supposed to know what that is? And Baltimore did not was not sporting Mexicans back then. So I learned like th- the big thing about these events, though, why kids would go to it is because there was always these concerts and they would bring the artists, these major artists to these concerts. So I was child every year, every event. I was getting my gang of girls child. We go and we get the outfits from the music video, too. Right. Like I had I had the Mary J. Blige. Um, the ch- I still have them. I kept them. The Chuck Stilettos. And I also have the, the Manolo Blahnik Tims child. Don Manolo, Blanik, Tims—I was rocking them shits everywhere. Feet hurting, corns, but but I was rocking it. Not just rocking them. Going, I was walking through the mall. I was dancing in my fucking stiletto chucks. I was the girl that could run and dance on heels. So yeah, I would go to these events, and so I got to actually see, um, you know, like Fabulous. I, and I would get all the way to the front too. I made sure I would get all the way to the front. So I was I was there like when Fabulous came and he did this huge concert at um, when the there was. Um, the Yang Yang Twins, who was it that year? It's like the Yang Yang Twins, fabulous, and somebody else came to Portland um, in May. It was during Cinco Mayo, and but it was at the same time when the ships from the Navy ships were coming in. So all the Navy boys and stuff are coming off the ships. So every the, the, all of Portland gets flooded with all of these um, military Navy people, and then all the girls that are like in Portland are like obsessed with that. So all of downtown Portland just becomes flooded whenever this happens and this time fabulous was there and i got to be there when he's he like sprayed all of us with um with a water gun because it was so fucking hot and shit um it was when ashanti's song him and ashanti's song happened but he didn't bring ashanti that time i was so mad i was like how the fuck how am i supposed to sing along to no Ashanti. he brought some other girl that sang her part which i was so mad i was like no nobody wants to see this person we want ashanti but, <laughs> but um but like that's how i got to start experiencing y'all's music um, but I get like I said it's the later stuff so the, the newer artists that came up in the in the mid 2000s is kind of or not yeah early 2000s is who I was really getting to see in person the Snoop I, the one time I saw Snoop I saw you live Snoop and I'll tell you this this was, it was a little traumatizing but <laughs> but um he so that station ninety five 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 or whatever um they had this huge concert and I won tickets. Did I win tickets? I won tickets. I used to do that shit too. I would call the radio and I won tickets to stuff multiple times. Looking back at that now, goddamn, I used to win tickets to shit all the time. I would like, I would like, yeah. I won ticket, I won tickets to the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra when I was 10. My mom was like, How the when did you even enter this? I was like, Oh, when y'all was over there, I went over here and I put my name in the slot. And then I get we get a call from home that I won two tickets to, to the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra. Um so I guess I'm a good luck charm in that way. But I, when I was a teenager, I, I started. I would, I would, you know, call into the radio or whatever, and and I would actually win the, the shit, more more than once. So I won tickets to this huge concert where they called all these artists together. Here's the artist that it was. So I got to see all y'all, and this was a really cool concert. I'll never forget. So, um, um, okay. So it was. So who was there? So it was Ying Yang Twins. This was who was on the bill: Sierra. Sierra had just came out. Her first song was out. Or her first album was out. Mashonda was her opener. It was the opening act. So I got to see Mashonda. I think that's her name. Um, Sierra, Pretty Ricky. Hold on, who else? Ying Yang Twins was on the bill. Snoop and The Game. Okay, y'all. So I go, I'm 17. And got my little tracks. Got my little weave in. Looks nice and cute. And I was, um, I went there with this girlfriend and we got we i won tickets in the front so i was in the seventh row of the um rose garden the the big arena i was literally on the floor right at the front right and um so you know we're watching the the the, the concert sierra does her amazing fucking shit like that that was when she was the the um song when she was dancing on the car. my goodies ooh, i knew that whole shit. That was oh that was my shit. So I screamed my head off seeing Sierra Live. It's so close too, right? I'm so happy about that. It's pretty Ricky, you know, grind on me, relax your time. Got to see them sing that. Um the th- the crazy thing though is that and then I don't remember this song. I apologize. Because it was the very first act, so that I don't remember. But but um the 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 arena was packed. It was packed from like every like every seat was full, right? When Ying yang twins were supposed to come on like snoop came on i think and then yin yang twins were supposed to come on but they missed their flight so they never showed up to this thing so there was a whole big slot that was full that needed to be filled which snoop filled but snoop bro like this is what he did bro i, I, I was like what the fuck yo this is crazy when snoop comes out like everybody in the place starts lighting up like i'm smelling weed everywhere but i'm also i could turn around and look and see all the like little um the little Cause the lights are down, but I'm seeing all the little like uh, flames and and people's blunts and shit, <laughs> like the, you know the like orange light on everything. Like I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are in this arena smoking when Snoop comes out. But Snoop needed to fill, I guess, the rest of the slot because the Ying Yang Twins never showed up. So he like he brought out the man with the like you know with the clock, the green clock around his neck or the green what is it? He was wearing the green with the question marks all over it, and he had a clock or something. I think. But what he ended up doing was he um there was i guess some girls backstage and he put like live you had to he had like women doing live like porn backstage but on the big screen for all of us in the front bro i was in i was in a row with a mom and her nine-year-old son i'll never forget this i was like what the fuck is happening my girlfriend was like bro like what is this right now like it kept going because yeah i guess he had to fill the slot but he was like talking to some man who was backstage with these two girls and he's on the stage and we're all looking at him talking on a big screen, on the, like, television. It's like a screen that he pulled up. Um, and, yeah, these girls start doing stuff. And, see, Oregon is very sexually free. Like, that's a whole other conversation. But Oregon's whole culture around um, sexuality and, like, j- just there's, – there's let's put it this way. There is a strip club on every corner in Portland. Like, they have the most strip clubs per capita, which does a lot to young people's psyche Um, which, you know, later on as now I'm a a mental health person, I understand a whole lot more about a lot of people in Oregon's shit and a lot of fucking family issues (laughs) that are like very specific to fucking Oregon. But, um, so yeah, so that's what Snoop did. Like he, he, I guess he just needed to like fill that time. So he was doing songs or whatever. And then he, there was, it just turned into like us watching this, this thing backstage that was happening. Um, yeah. Until, until the game's. Uh, slot started so but you know me like i was i was raised mad christian and stuff so i actually like swore i was like i'm never going to another snoop concert i was so uncomfortable like i uh, granted now snoop if you were to ever do that again bro like i would be at that concert <laughs> but yeah like i was 17 i was young and i just you know church girl so um so yeah like when the game came on though bro like I, this is a story that I, I i never knew i would share this story so the game came on and um I guess his friend had just died, or whatever, and him and Fifty were beefing. That was when the Fifty and Game beef was starting. Yeah, that was going on. So, um, and I was a huge Fifty Cent fan. So, like, cause you know, I knew I knew that was Get Rich or Die Trying was my fucking album. But when a game came, when I was excited, cause him and Fifty were supposed, what well, they had been friends, and it was like getting to kind of see a little bit Fifty Cent, cause it's the game. But by this point, like I said, they were beefing. So, um, Game gets on stage, and I'll never forget this to this day, bro. He like was rapping. And then he took a whole ass champagne bottle and downed it in front of us, like on this on the stage. He downed a whole ass bottle of champagne and then lit a blunt, and then started doing a song for his friend and forgot the lyrics and then started crying. Bro, I will never forget this in my life because I thought if I'm ever a performer, like this is me taking notes two 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 two. I took like, mad notes on that shit, um, <laughs> on like the audience, like how a person can come out. And then if you drink a whole bottle of champagne in front of everyone, it shifts your performance. So um, later on, I used to drink on stage when I would perform, which I always had like a glass of whiskey on stage with me. And I got to learn, um, you know, the hard way. <laughs> that shit does affect your performance if you're doing it mid-performance. But anyway, so I, we watched him do that. And, you know, because I was so close to the front, I somehow caught his eye. Like I got, I just wanted so badly to catch the eyes of somebody. Like hey, I'm in the audience, you know. I caught his eye. Like I actually caught eyes with him, and he actually signaled for me to go uh, to go to the side of the stage at the end. Like he took his thumb and he pointed. To, he pointed and he, um, you know, like when you th- like when you're thumbing a ride type thing. He was like, go over here with his thumb. And so I grabbed my girlfriend, this girl at the time, um, and I was like, girl, we got to get, she, she was at that point, she was older than me by like a couple years, but I'm like, oh my God, we're game, we got to go backstage, running. she was like, I have no idea what that means though, so yeah, so we end up, at the end of the show, he actually, we go over, and his, he, like, his friends came, some man in red came over, bro, this is crazy that I'm sharing this story, that I remember all this, the colors and everything, but yeah, like, at the end of the show. The whole concert, we we walk over to the to thing to go backstage or whatever, and his friend did came over and was telling the bouncer to let us back, y'all. To this day, angels, <laughs> angels in the outfield, bro, angels were there because the bouncer was like, nah. He looked at two, the two of us and he was just like, nah, y'all, they're not coming back. I had no idea what that was though, like what t- what was happening till I get home and because i'm like i just want to get an autograph like i had the like poster from the concert naive is me i'm so naive had the, con- the concert poster and i just wanted autographs on it because i had a boyfriend and i, I swore i would get an autograph from somebody so um i was like i just want his autograph and the, the bouncer was like nah but the guy who was in games team was like nah I'll let these girls back <laughs> nah the bouncer so um or the security of the arena i guess it was the, the arena security so he was like nah this black man like nah they're not going back so I go home, I'm so sad. I, even go, I remember we went outside to the back, trying to get like, like to the buses. My girlfriend, we're trying to get autographs, and now it didn't work out. So we go home. I tell my dad the next morning, he was like, what did you try to do? And I was like, we're trying to get backstage to go. He was like, do you know what that means? Like, do you know at all what was going to happen? And I was like, "Like, still naive as fuck? No? Like, I just wanted to autograph. <laughs> yeah, fast forward, get to college, and I really look back at that shit like, okay, wait, no, now I know what was, what was <laughs> going to try to happen. So like I said, glory of the glory of the spirit, I have angels around me all the time. Strangers just be showing up and blocking shit for me because, yeah, that was not going to be good for me and my little girlfriend at the time. But, um, but yeah, my dad was just like, yeah, like how you got it. He didn't explain it, though. He was just like, do you not know what was going to happen? Like, no, what the fuck? You never explained it to me. So how the fuck would I know? But <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, that that's like how I experienced hip hop music. I was about that point, 17, still not knowing what it happens at backstages at concerts. <laughs> Still, like, you know, just very naive around music, but just desperately wanting to, like, be a part of this culture so badly that I had been kept from as a kid. So, like I said, I just, you know, as I got older, I would just force myself to learn stuff. But, but like, all of Wu-Tang is still gone. Like, I don't have any of that in my mind. Like, I just never... I think by that point, I was so pissed that everybody was like, how do you not know Wu-Tang? It was like, well, fuck y'all. I'm not going to learn it then. Like, psh, psh, psh. what the fuck? Why does everybody so obsessed with it? Not This is not me saying that Wu-Tang is not worth me learning. But, like... It's just the truth of the shit. So yeah. Um, so the, all is to say, long ass forty some minutes later, I guess that if I'm not, I'm because I'm right now. I'm like really, really trying to like just play music um, on the piano and trying to like. I'm figuring out that like I'm not. Sh- I never seen somebody rap and play piano at the same time. I, I've, I've been trying to Google that. Like, do people do this? Because it just came out of me, and it's not hard for me. So I've been doing it, and and I'm realizing that people. Um, Y'all artists that I love so much, um, there's co- songs that I so badly wish I could cover of yours, but I just can't, I just can't. So I felt like I just needed to, I don't want people to feel like, like for instance, I would love to cover a De La Soul song if I knew some De La Soul. And here's the reason, here's the explanation for why I, I don't know it. Um, and, you know, Lil' Kim, I actually love Lil' Kim, had a crush on her so badly. Didn't understand that crush as a child, because like I told you, I was in a madly conservative and sheltered home. So my queerness didn't come out till. I didn't come, like, yeah, like, my queerness didn't even come out really till I was in college. Like, that, I even told anybody that I was queer? Um, so, I just kept all that inside. Like, okay, like, I have a crush on this girl. I'm not, so, like, this woman, Lil' Kim, she's so sexy. I'm a foxy Bra I wish I could be them. I want them. Like, I don't understand this. I don't understand what's going on with my body and these women. <laughs> like, as I'm watching and listening to this. You know, so that's just, like, that's my experience. I would love to f- cover a foxy or a Lil' Kim song. I, I, like, I just don't know them um i would love to cover like a whole lot of stuff that i just don't know so um that yeah that's just the explanation so whatever comes out of me it comes out of me only because i just happen to like know it by heart and i only will play songs on the piano if i know the song by heart first because that's a whole different like y'all wouldn't be getting a song a day if i had to learn the fucking song from scratch and then try to learn how to play it so again like i'm i this is a really lovely project for me. And um this is the most like my child's help my child self right now, my inner child, she's just like jumping to the moon that like I even have this opportunity to be able to communicate all of this and to do this. Um, I'm so grateful, which is why I wanted to make this recording, to just be like, um, please don't take it personally if I don't cover yourself. <laughs> um, but I'm doing my best to like I wanna just honor all of hip hop because hip hop is so it's so multifaceted and it is a part of black. It is black culture. Um, but there's so many different facets of black culture, you know. Um, so I try to I, I really want to honor them all. And so I guess my only way of honoring hip hop really is to do it this way. And, but obviously I'm, I could rap them too. But like everybody raps. So nobody really raps and plays the piano. So that's that's where I'm at with that. <laughs> all right. So I guess that was it. OK, so I, I literally woke up straight out of my like sleep and looked at the ceiling and just like was like this is i need to just it was the de la soul thing i just i kept feeling so bad that i wasn't able i don't even know no de la soul so yeah like maybe i do like there there could be a big de la soul song that i don't that i might know but i don't know that it is de la soul like that's that's also how my mind works i'm so audio like i would i know a lot of stuff music in my mind but i don't know who it goes to all the time because like i said i didn't have cable i didn't have all this stuff so anyway that's that's that um i I hope that that's helpful to people it was lovely to share these experiences about the concerts and stuff i've seen so many uh, so many of y'all live um and um yeah and then special again shout out to fucking michael b jordan again with the bullying bro like because one day you do grow up and the people that bullied you get to watch you become michael b jordan (laughs) Oh, my grandmother would love this right now, bro. She watched me get bullied quite a bit. This is good. Anyway, I love y'all. Bye.